following is a presentation of Thermopolis Media. This is the Captain's Jug of Thoughts podcast. Recorded at the Ontario House. The Stone Jug. The Stone Jug. Okay, alright everybody, welcome to the Captain's Jug of Thoughts. We are in the back of the Ontario House. The Stone Jug. A historical building. Uh, uh, we're with the Captain. How's everybody doing out there tonight? And uh, today we've got a very special guest. We want to introduce our guest, Captain. Let the Captain take over. Yeah, this is Mr. Peter Costello, one of the uh, infamous owners of our uh, and fine establishment down here in Youngstown, New York. And resident historian. Absolutely. I like that. If you want to know anything about Youngstown or uh, uh, the Stone Jug or Fort Niagara or Fort George or anything like that, this is your man. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got a lot of information for us tonight. <laughs> We're going to do a little history lesson here and, uh, you know, have a couple laughs and uh, see where it goes. Yeah, on the first one, we discussed a little bit of kind of, I guess, what we know as far as some of the history about it. Your brother explained a little bit, but you know your shit. If there was ever a dude who knew his business, it's you. Yeah, the, the that, details that is my it. business is knowing my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I guess, man, I don't know. It's corny as it is. Where does it all begin? <laughs> well, or we want to talk the Joe. Yeah, we want to talk Youngstown. We want to talk. Yeah, we can. We can just dive right in. I mean, uh, you know, if we want to go with Youngstown, we can go all the way back. This is the second French settlement in North America. I mean, we'll just start with right when the Europeans got here. You have your, uh, you know, the French got here. The first yeah. uh, settlement here was 1679. What was the first one? Uh, well, uh, the first one was called Fort Denonville. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that was a terrible name. Yeah. And then Fort Conti <laughs> shortly after that. And, a little better. You know, yeah, those, definitely uh, better. Those forts were, uh, you know, just wooden forts out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And the way I always like to uh, illustrate it, and really the first time I saw uh, it kind of, you know, struck me as it really kind of uh, encapsulated everything that it was about was that opening scene of the Revenant. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, just imagine that. Like this is uh, this was at one point like the most important French fur trading outpost. So that's literally what they were doing, and the Revenant kind of uh, put like a really, really visual. Uh, realistic realistic model what it was like I a mean raw, you were you yeah. were out here and there was you know Indians that had no idea what was going on and they just really didn't like it and at any point like you know that second they're sitting around the fire and they look up and they see those arrows going over their head they're just like yeah oh fuck yeah, yeah. so what, what is going on <laughs> so the uh, the first French expedition that came through here they're coming through uh, Montreal which was their which was the capital of New France, and it was their, uh, you know, the first settlement in, uh, the French had in, in North America. And uh, the, uh, you know, uh, LaSalle, who is super famous. I mean, how many things around here are named after LaSalle? Yeah, uh, he made his He made his voyage through here, uh, and they recognized the spot that is Fort Niagara now as pretty much the ideal place to uh, build a fort. So they left a... Uh, Left a uh, garrison of a hundred men there. Yeah. Uh, when the reinforcements of those hundred guys came back in the spring, there was twelve left of them. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> you know, anywhere from you know, freezing to death, starving to death. Yeah. Some being crazy killed disease. by an Indian attack. Yeah. Crazy disease. 
Yeah. You wiped out 88% of them. I mean, and for them, that's crazy. Back then, they're probably like, that's not bad. It's good numbers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, well actually, we still no, got a few it, guys. Was, it was still an extremely harrowing sight to come in and see those guys, and yeah. especially the ones that uh, that survived were, <laughs> were probably no pretty sight to see. No. So uh, you even see that, that bronze cross that's at Fort Niagara now. Uh, that's a model of uh, you know a cross that the 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 French uh, the French Jesuit minister that was with the with the reinforcement expedition, Father Millet. Uh, it's called the Father Millet Cross. Uh, he uh, construct he ordered that to be constructed out of wood. And uh, in 1923, uh, President Calvin Coolidge signed off on a on an order to uh, you know recreate that that cross with a with the bronze cross you see today there. Uh, and at one point, that was the smallest national park ever operated by the National Park Service. Oh, before it was? Oh. No, just oh. that cross. Oh. You know, inside, just the cross. inside of the uh, active military base. And at that time, the, uh, the, the, the old fort was, you know, kind of a coming into its own as a museum. Yeah. But they designated that, that, just that cross in there. It's .00023 acres. <laughs> and it was designated as a national national park. Wow. A national monument. So that was the smallest national park ever operated by the National Park Service. Just the little cross. Wow. Just the little cross there. So next that's time you're amazing. out there, you'll see it. You'll be like, holy shit. There it is. That's, that's the one, huh? Yeah, I'm going to have to go that's check that out. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. The fort is great, and it's beautiful, and there's history. You learn it's a museum, and there's... They wait, and there's commercials for it where there's little kids like playing with toy muskets and stuff. But yeah. then you got, you know, you learn all this, and you're like, there's some pretty gnarly stuff that yeah. went down here. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember playing with those muskets when I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, two full-fledged wars were fought in in uh, the the grounds of the fort. There, I mean, the French occupied it from 1679, like we said before, all the way up until 1763, and actually, it was really 1759. And in 1759, the uh, the French and British fought the uh, fought the French and Indian War, you know, from 1756 to 1763. And uh, in that time, the 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 siege of the fort, the British laid a 19-day siege on the on the French at the uh, at Fort Niagara, and uh, you know, ended up uh, winning that battle, like the uh, the famous. Uh, the famous battle that happened right here in Youngstown, pretty much where the jug sits now, is where the ambush took place for the French reinforcements that were coming from uh, what's now St. Louis and Toledo. The uh, French forces came up to re- re- uh, reinforce the uh, the garrison that was at the at the fort, and they got ambushed by the by the uh, by the British and chased all the way back up to. Uh, above the falls now, and they got back up there. They sailed three boats here, and they only had enough to sail two of them home. Wow. So they pulled one of them off on Grand Island and set it on fire. <laughs> the spot we know as Burn Ship Creek now. Burn Ship oh. Creek. For that reason. I love that. <laughs> that was, that was and, a real problem uh, solver back in the day. They used to just yeah. burn everything. Well, you know, yeah. it was either either that or let the British have it. And, you know, <laughs> fuck those and guys. That was not <laughs> happening. So... Uh, you know, and uh, that was the battle that, you know, was really decisive in the uh, in the North American theater of uh, what's known as the French American War, or the French and Indian War on the uh, in North America, and the Seven Years War in in Europe. It was actually kind of the first World War because right. there was a uh, you know another theater like they were they were uh, raging a war with uh, England and Prussia and 
France and Spain and all their uh, all their allies on the mainland. And then, all, yeah. But that's, you know, significant turning points of those wars happened here. Well, yeah, and it, uh, it, it happened here. This was, the, this was the big spot, and that is what cost the uh, French their foothold in North America, and they were kind of cast out of, uh, out of North America until they uh, got back in uh, when they bought the, what was the Louisiana Purchase from the Spanish and then flipped it to Thomas Jefferson uh, you so know, that's years why later. that's what chased the French out. We could yeah, have taken what, over. That's what chased the French out. And really, when you think about you know French Canada and Montreal and all that, that's that could have been that here. was the that was the end of uh, of French rule even in Montreal. And they've held on to their French customs yeah. since then, which is actually rather impressive. It really is it. impressive when you think about it. I mean, yeah. So we switched over to the British in 1763, right? Right. And they just <laughs> stayed with it. And yeah. Like, yeah. We're still going to speak French. We're going we're to keep the spot right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're good. We're not going to go mess with you guys anymore. You guys are nuts. Well, you know, not even that. I mean, the, the, the French government was out of there entirely, but the French, the people that were there were just like, no, we're going to keep speaking French. Yeah, we're French. Yeah. Why yeah well, you, you're, yeah. you're English subjects. Well, well, you know, that's all well and good, but we're going to keep speaking French. And, you know, yeah. if you have a problem with that. As the French will say, uh, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Was that like a point of pride? Pardon my French, but. <laughs> That's where that came from. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what we're learning Originally. today. That's where that came from. When I, yeah, was, so, uh, when so, I was down in uh, Florida, uh, I, I, this guy in front of me, like, is driving me nuts. I'm like, look at this fucking guy. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, he just can't drive, you know? <laughs> so. He ends up pulling into the freaking parking lot, of course, that I have to go to. <laughs> and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And then I look down and I'm like, Quebec, Quebec, really? <laughs> the All the way here. I thought I was done with this. <laughs> so sure enough, you know, uh, not only do they speak French, they, uh, they can't drive either. <laughs> no. <laughs> they can't speak English and they can't drive. And they wear Speedos generally. Yes, they do. And yeah. down there. Especially down there. You always, you always run into the In Quebec. the supermarket. Yeah, <laughs> Quebecers. It's a little disturbing speedos. when you're looking really? for bananas. So go. Yeah. <laughs> you found one. <laughs> so really, they'll wear speedos and just walk around. There's not a law against that. There's not. A, I don't think they really uh, wear, yeah. wear them in the they don't, they, don't, they don't do the. Uh, they don't do the Catholic school. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, skirt length. Uh, well, that's why there's pass a, your pass yeah. your hands roll in the supermarket. <laughs> well, some French guy thought that you could do that and drove himself horribly. Drove himself down there. <laughs> right. Because he's like, this is home. This is it. Yeah. This is where I belong. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, freedom. <laughs> Vive la resistance. He just takes his pants off at a supermarket. At a Publix, he's yeah. walking around a Publix, at a Publix and, exactly, in a speedo, and gets his ass kicked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe that's known as Publix nudity. <laughs> Got arrested for Publix nudity. Yep, yep, perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, the uh, you know the French are French are booted out, and the Brit- British take over 1763 officially, and uh, you know they build. You know, build up some things in the front or in the fort. The uh, both the readouts, north and south readout there, which are those little uh, those little towers on either side of the, uh, yeah. you know, in the gate that you know has the drawbridge and everything. And uh, you know, the British, you know, keep it up. And through the Revolutionary War, not really too much happens here. Uh, so what was you know the the, the British kind of uh, teamed up with the with the uh, the natives here, the the Senecas and the Shawnee and. Mm-hmm. And all, and a couple of really famous, uh, you know, Indian chiefs find their way through both in the uh, Revolutionary War and the War of 1812. You know, the uh, the Native American history in this area is very uh, oh, yeah. prominent as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but so you know, what was there. like? What was the town like at that time? Well, it, it, you know, this was the frontier, and, and, and even through the War of eighteen twelve, this is still the frontier. There's really not much out here. So yeah. after the Revolutionary War, the British are officially, you know, cast to the other side of the Niagara River, and nobody really makes them leave. So what they just you know hang so out? 1783 <laughs> 1783 they signed the treaty ending the Feels the, the the revolutionary yeah, it sure war does. and you know they're just like if nobody's gonna make us leave what are we just gonna go over there and build yeah. a new thing we have this one we like it no one's gonna make us leave we're probably just gonna end up with it anyway yeah. so they stay right and you know the U S doesn't really do anything they stay both here. Uh, you know, Fort Detroit, Fort Mackinac, a bunch of the other forts on the border, which they're ordered to the other side of the of the Great Lakes and the Niagara River and all that, specifically in the Treaty of Paris that ends the Revolutionary War. But nobody makes them leave. So they stay until they sign another treaty in 1796. So 13 years, nobody makes them leave. So they just stay. Just hanging out, yeah. You know, so they finally make them leave. And then New York is like, okay, well... Those guys are gone. We can actually set up a little bit of uh, a little bit of commerce, a little bit of settlement around Fort Niagara. So around that time, uh, three Scottish innkeepers move into town and build three bars and inns in the town. Right. You know, Angus Greensit is the other one over by where the gazebo is by the by the uh, pizza shop over there. Yep. Uh, Elijah Hathaway in, in our little spot right here. It's a little wooden. Wouldn't in and bar whatever you Elijah want to call it. Hathaway built was the original was the original jug was the Hathaway Tavern the Hathaway wow. Tavern, so you know that exists for a little while and then the War of eighteen twelve rolls along you know the, the Americans take over the fort and the British build their fort right across the river called Fort George and they build it just out of range of all the cannons of the of the fort and slightly uphill so they can fire their cannons into the parade ground of the fort. And the Americans can't really do too much to them. It's so funny. Like, where war or technology has come in war to yeah. where, like, yeah. you know, drone strikes and then think back, like, well, if we get up on the hill, yeah. they can't do anything. Yeah. And, like, whole civilizations are changed forever because... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're still firing... Because of, because of slightly higher ground. Yeah. Slightly higher ground. <laughs> and the... Uh, We'd always the, speak in French you know, right they're now. All, they're, all, for that hill. they're all still firing <laughs> smoothbore muskets, which are famously inaccurate. And, yeah. uh, you know, it gets to a point where... You know, they are able to, you know, feel like they have the higher ground. Across the, the way at the time, Niagara on the Lake was called Newark. You know, it's the capital of Upper Canada because, again, this is a really important spot. You know, this is where you would start your ascent over the falls yeah. and then hook up with, you know, the Upper Niagara River, which will take you to Lake Erie, which will take you to the Ohio That's River, which will take you to the Mississippi, which will take you to the Gulf of Mexico and out that way. Or it'll take you to the Missouri River to... West, and yeah. you can get anywhere. You know, yeah. this was the confluence of all those places. This is like kind of the linchpin of uh, what was the French Empire now. Anything which was that's that on the like waterway, where, Empire, yeah. where you, a passageway, like a water passageway, was really a big deal back in the day because that's yeah. how he had to get around. Yeah, and that was pretty much it. This was this was that, and it still is. I mean, this is where all the Great Lakes waters eventually flow right by us here and yeah. out to Lake Ontario and eventually to the St. Lawrence and out to the ocean. Yep. And, uh, you know, it all goes over Niagara Falls, and there's only one way over the falls, and that is by land. So there was the portage and 
You know, you can still go down Portage Road, and that's essentially where the road was. You know, Military Road was literally a military road that would take you up to the Portage, and the Portage would get you up and over it everywhere. All right. So, but in the War of 1812, we were finally there. We're finally, you know, like we're going to decide what, uh, you know, whether or not America's sovereignty actually matters. And this is actually where the really decisive battles of that of that uh, war happened, you know. And looking across, there was there was Newark, and it was important. It was small. It was there, but you know, the uh, the the Americans there knew that they had to do something about it. So they went over at one night and burned everything in Newark. Burned once again. Yeah. That's how they handled business back then. That's, That's how right. you handle business. Just and light you know, the there's shit the, on fire. The, the famous the famous story of what is essentially the jug on the other side of the river at the Angel Inn. The where, where the uh, where the Americans went across and you know uh, burned the burned the building down, but before they did, they went downstairs and stuck all the barrels just to make sure everything was uh, destroyed. And hiding in one of the barrels was apparently the British soldier that still haunts the Angel Inn over on the oh. other side. Ah. You know, a nice little shout out to our friends over on the other side at the Angel. There we go. You know, and they still have that story, and it's a, kind of a wacky story. They even say that every time they take the Union Jack down, that ghost freaks out. Oh, yeah? You know, oh. and that's why they still fly the Union Jack outside, because every time they try to take it down, that ghost kind of freaks out and makes sure wow. makes his presence known. So they yeah. just leave it up to, yeah. uh, to appease him. What the yeah. hell do you think he, you're doing? He's been kind of a Put dick for the last 200 up. years. It's <laughs> all I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so there was a rival bar on the other side of the river. Yeah, it's something like that. It's kind you know? of like, like, it, like it, you know, it's another town. It's got to have another bar. Well, it's like the other summer. <laughs> yeah. Shit, man. I mean, I'm not going across the fucking river to get a drink. It's like oh. a summer camp, and that's the cabin on the other side yeah, of the lake. Yeah, essentially, you know. We yeah. go panty raid other. the girls' cabin, you know. Yeah, but back then it was, let's go stab a guy in a barrel. And let's go stab fire. a guy in a barrel <laughs> and burn it down. And, but, and, you know, that was to, uh, you know, that was to, you know, get the tactical advantage. Yeah. But, you know, it really pissed the british off really bad. oh yeah yeah so they came you over mess with their a, booze man it, they came over on a cold, I been on a cold december night right around christmas time now, did they, they just did they just walk across yeah they well they took yeah. uh, boats across over by uh over by where like stella niagara is now and a couple well, of back places. in the day you could actually walk across yeah they say that the uh the, the river would freeze over that much i mean yeah. there was no yeah. power plant there was no other and yeah. was it uh up. Was it smaller back in the day because erosion, whatever, making the river wider? I mean, probably not. I totally just yeah. made that probably up and was hoping it would be true. Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> but, only talking about a couple hundred years. So. Yeah. No. But they, uh, they came across and, and kind of caught all these sentries sleeping at the fort and just kind of walked in and took it over. And uh, the story is that, you know, there was a bunch of, uh, bunch of American soldiers playing, playing cards in this bar here. You know the Hathaway Tavern as it was then. Sure. And the uh, the the British soldiers bust in the doors and see the see the Americans playing cards. And they you know hold up their musket and said, "Trump." <laughs> we got we got the Trump card and essentially just killed everybody in the bar and burned it down. Right. Burned everything down from here to Buffalo and Silver Creek and a bunch you of know. pyros. So that's right. Oh well, that was that was uh, vengeance. That was you yeah. Know, that was vengeance. Still. They were really pissed at that time. The you know Buffalo was a bunch of log cabins. So yeah. that that was the beginning of a uh, super burnable yeah, log pretty cabins. Much. That was the and they got of they got you never trump your partner's ace. Right there we go. That's I don't correct. play euchre very often, but I know yeah. that one. I know that rule. I know Bob Euchre. And now uh, Bob Euchre. 
just uh, yeah. about now we have come full circle about and, to... and we have President Trump. Now we have President <laughs> Trump. So that always carries a different connotation. If I tell that story to a, yeah. uh, so you know, a, a, a virulent lefty, they're going to, you know, start frothing in the mouth. No, yeah. no, not that Trump, you know, like in No, it's, you know, we're just playing cards. Calm down, yeah. calm down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's a big event that had happened here at this bar since yeah. the Hathaway Tavern. So the Hathaway Tavern, up until 1814, when it gets burned down by the British. Of course it does. And uh, we know that. Uh, they, 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 uh, they must have a real lot of know, matches a, back then. A, a li- oh, well, yeah. you know, I, the, uh, Elijah Hathaway appears on what's called the List of Sufferers. After the war, they they petitioned the government for some sort of you know reimbursement for their property that was destroyed, mm. and uh, that's 1817. And really, from 1817 until 1842, we really don't know what happened here. Really, you know, it could have been something here, or maybe not. Maybe it was just still a big smoldering pile of ashes. Right. Um. But we don't really know. Wow. But we know in 1842, a man named Alexander Lane buys the property. And erects the uh, the stone forty by forty building that we know now. Yeah, that's right. what we said on the first one was you know make it stone. They can't burn it down. They there can't seems burn to be a, whor- a habit right. of everybody burning everything well, down. Well, there's, and- there's <laughs> also there's also a little bit of historical background with that too. So in uh, about 1820, they build uh, another uh, another little project that a lot of people have heard of, the Erie Canal. Yeah. Yeah, the Erie Canal. And, uh, you know, after they dig the Erie Canal, they have just mountains of stone everywhere. Yeah. Right. You know, and you go to Lockport, you go everywhere in between here and Lockport, you know, things that are built from 1820 until 1840, just about everything's made out of stone. And that's because there was a whole hell of a lot of it lying around. <laughs> I'll say that uh, we did our bathroom a couple of years ago and had a lot of wood. Everything is made out of that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Picture frames, chicken coops, everything I've made has been out of the wood we pulled out of that bathroom. No. Yeah. So I get it. You know, in a very small scale. So this is yeah. one of the biggest public works projects, especially considering, you know, the scale for the time. Yeah. Um, you know, the Erie Canal really was like, uh, engineering marble at the time. Then they pull all this stone out of the ground and, you know, there's stone for days and days and days. And then again, in 1837 and 1838, they rebuild the seawall that the that Fort Niagara has around it, you know, preventing it from falling into Lake Ontario. Right. And, you know, that kind of supplies, you know, the, the canal supplied the stone and the, uh, the seawall project really supplied the masons. You know, you have a bunch of masons that have been here stacking rocks for a couple of years, and they're really, really good at it by this point. Yeah. You know? So uh, they built this building, the stone building that we know, they built it in a year. Wow. Especially with a really intricate chimney system in it, and the, you know, windows and door, and, you know, everything is, is done really, really well, and they did it in a year, which is also pretty remarkable considering. Because they, um, were, they were hot at that time. They had been doing it. They were hitting it. Yeah, you know, they were really good at stacking stones at that point. So they, right. they had it down. They were able to do it, you know, even with the, the, the chimney work and everything. It's really remarkable to consider they built the building in a year. So, you know, the building opens up and, uh, you know, runs and changes hands a bunch of times over the next... Do we uh, know what it was called then? Mm. Oh, it was called the Ontario was, House. Oh, okay. And so that's, actually, that's where the name came from as well. I mean, a lot of people don't really know where the name came from, but officially the name came from, if you look at the profile of the side of the building, it kind of looks like a big stone jug. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. know, with a parapet that goes up. Is that and what the logo is kind of? 
I don't know. Well, that's where the name came from, yeah. and the logo is just pretty descriptive. Yeah. yeah it's, you know, sure it's a jug that says stone on it. So you get stone jug just pretty you, you quickly. You kind of get the idea. Yeah, it just makes sense. I'm thinking rock bottle. Huh? Rock yeah. bottle. Rock bottle. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the rock bottle inn. The rock bottle inn. <laughs> but, you know, that's the AKA. It was always the Ontario house, and uh, it kind of uh, earned the name Stone Jug. Because it was, you know, an old stagecoach hotel. This is, uh, yeah. you know, different stops on the line. You know, so if the you're name... getting somewhere, a big stagecoach rumbling into town. You're coming up and you see the side of the building. It's like, hey, yeah, it looks like a jug. <laughs> but at, at that point, there was 40 rooms that were rentable in it. Well, wow. actually, you're kind of getting up into 1866 when they build that uh, wooden addition where the pool table and, yeah. you know, all the rest of the... Right. Uh, all of that was... All, like... You know, where the kitchen and all the other stuff there. So in 1866, you're dealing with 40 rentable rooms, which is, which is uh, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's you know, a to, lot. To think about what it would take to get 40 rentable rooms in there. On top of all the other space that they used. And right now we have four. Yeah, right now we have four. <laughs> so ten times as much. All right. You know, you had enough room for a, for a bed, a table, and a, a chair with a wash basin. Right. You know, well, and that yeah. was it. It just looked like a big pile of people you know, all living That's all, on top that's all of you wanted. Other. You just wanted somewhere to, somewhere to lay your head yeah. for the night. They boasted some of the best stables in town. You hear, see all the advertisements from, you know, pre-1900, and they always talk about the, the stables. And the stables were, were top of the line with... You know the the finest of haze, <laughs> the finest of haze for your for your steed. Which is why it was so easy for us to make all the plaster here because of all the extra horse hair. Yeah, you know, if you like. <laughs> so the whole building is just made out of stuff we found on the ground. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> just picking. And really, up. and really, the best buildings are. Yeah, I mean, unburnable. Yeah. Well, so they amazing. say. So far, so good on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because uh, there was also across the street where, you know, the old Yellow Goose was from uh, 1890, what, 1892 to 1936 or so. There's the El Dorado Hotel, which was also a 40-room hotel. Uh, it was the first building with uh, plumbing and electricity in it. Wow. Built in Youngstown. Nice. And that motherfucker burned down in the 30s. So, you know, wow. they, you know, maybe they should have thought about a little bit of unburnability. Tradition. Yeah. What, what, was, what was that one built out of? Oh, it was built out of all sorts of stuff, but it was mostly wood. Mostly wood. It was built out of There's a bunch, your mistake of, right bunch there. of empties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of old cereal boxes. Well, they should have, when they did the plumbing, they should have put a couple hoses in, huh? <laughs> I guess <Yeah>. so. <laughs> um, so the name did this, so you call it, you know, it's the Ontario House. Uh, and then the name Stone Jug really just came about from yeah, you know, it's and... a, you know, it's a nickname that I earned. I don't know if it was necessarily, you know, I don't know if uh, you know so Alexander know Lane yeah. comes up on the building. And is like, fuck, man, that looks like a jug. Let's call it the Jug. Let's call it the Jug. Yeah, I think it was more of a it thing. It does have a nice ring. No, it's, an, yeah. it's another one of those things. It's all, you know, it's all legend. There's no, there's no. Uh, you know, formal story. There was no yeah. official history of the jug because no real you know, documentation. Yeah, there's no documentation for for a, a lot of it, especially you know that that little time period in between. You know, we have no idea. There could have been all sorts of cool stuff going on here, but we just we don't, don't know. know. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, we know. I'm we sure know, there was We cool know stuff. what we do now, and uh, the things we do know are you know sufficient yeah. for what we got. Right. And they tell us. Uh, they tell us enough of the story to know that. Uh, you know, it changed hands a couple of times between Alexander Lane. You know, Fort Niagara was a was a real kind of happening spot for uh, for the U.S. Army throughout the whole time. I mean, from 
you know, it's, uh, uh, 1679, as we said, all the way up until 1963. It was uh, almost for the entire time. It was a couple times it was declared a surplus by the army. But for the rest of the time, it was uh, an operational fort that had a, had a garrison, had a, you know, you know, up until the 60s, this town had a commercial fisheries. It had, you know, uh, you know, seven barber shops and seven bars and a bunch seven of oh, a bunch shops. of a, a bunch of laundry a bunch of laundry places and you know it had to support a thousand troops up until 1963. Yeah, so you know a- the fort had a thousand yard rifle range. It had uh, you know up in the in the 60s it had uh, it was the command center for uh, six different uh, Nike missile sites in the area. Wow. You know, just in case the Soviets got pretty uh, brave and wanted to attack Western New York. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it has a really colorful history, and uh, you know, up until 1963, it was uh, it was a it was a, a top-notch military post. You wow. know, in the in the 30s, it saw a huge renaissance and a huge uh, golden age when the 28th Infantry was here, and they had a they had a marching band for and for the time that was a big time attraction. They would do a they would do a, a concert on on Sundays and people would take the train and the bus and drive down from Niagara Falls and really? come and check out and have a picnic and listen to the uh, listen to the Twenty Eighth Infantry Band play. Uh, Youngstown was was a burgeoning place. It was a lot of fun. They, you know the steamers left from uh, left from Lewiston and would take you to Toronto, Montreal, and off to Europe. You know, and it was a a, a, a wild place, but. Uh, after 1963, the uh, the base closed down, and you know Youngstown kind of faded off, and it kind of dropped down to this little tiny, quaint little town we know. Uh, the parkway was put in, so if you wanted to go check out the uh, the historic site, you just kind of jumped on the parkway and then jump yeah. back on the parkway. Yeah, you yeah. pass by the town. Good old Robert yeah. Moses. Yeah, it's easy to it's easy to bypass us here because yeah. like if you're going to see the uh, you're going to see the uh, the the park. You know, you don't even you don't even think about Youngstown, and frankly, you barely think about Lewiston either. And yeah. uh, it's one of those things where you know we're uh, we're kind of kind of just a little bit of an afterthought. We're stepping stones to get to something else. I think a lot of people come into Lewiston to go to our park. They just drive down Center Street, go to our park, and then drive back. You know yeah, what I mean? certainly. Unless, and you know they're stuck in traffic, maybe they'll look around a little bit, but. <laughs> It seems to empty out pretty quickly. Yeah, we've had yeah. Uh, we've had a, a, a few different revelations here where, you know, there's some big events going on at, at Fort Niagara, and we'll you know pump it up. And we'll be like, oh yeah, you know, we'll we'll even put a little uh, sign up in the in the fort, and yeah, you know, direct people here, and maybe they'll uh, find their way. And you know, we we we've been saying like it doesn't matter if it's the soccer tournament, the reenactment. You know, we tell people we're here, and they end up kind of. Uh, you know, just getting on the parkway and getting yeah. back on the parkway. Yeah. yeah. Bypass the village altogether. We had a, for, we had a, you know, go check out Denny's up on, uh, up on the boulevard. <laughs> on Sunday, we had a dozen people come in the, uh, in here for lunch uh, that I'd never seen before. And I, I kind of, you know, was uh, like, uh, you know, half and half adults and children. So I kind of assumed that they were with the soccer tournament because we had a very large soccer tournament this weekend. And, you know, so uh, I say, yeah, uh, you guys here uh, with the soccer tournament? And uh, like, no, we're in town for a wedding. I'm like, ah, still, no. still nobody from the soccer tournament. Yeah, <laughs> they don't even know we're know. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so. I remember uh, growing up, I worked at the pizza shop, you know, and again, connected to the gas station there. And, uh, you know, soccer tournament weekend would come by and they would just descend on us and just yeah. beat the shit out of us because we were at the gas station. You know, they come in and grab a slice of pizza or this and that. But, you know, all the other places in town, every now and then they get a bunch of people come in. 
you know, you get 50 people come in at one time and that's like your rush for the day. But, you know, it's just one of those things that they uh, were going to the gas station because they, you know, you get gas. Convenient. But, <laughs> uh, but beyond that, I mean, it's just like, you know, people don't necessarily know to go through the village because it's just so easy to get on the parkway and get back yeah. on the parkway on the way out. The main yeah. attraction in the town, you don't have to go through the town to get to it. Yeah. In fact, I mean, it's... Uh, it's really encouraged. Uh, hey, you know this this uh, this parkway will take you from the state park of uh, of Niagara Falls, which is you know a wonder of the world, to Fort Niagara, which is the second most visited uh, tourist destination in Western New York. But you know we rarely get uh, much benefit from that because you know they are, it's so easy just to get dropped off right at the attraction there. Sure. So it's been a sleepy little town since the 60s. It's been a sleepy little town since the 60s. And frankly, before the 60s, they closed the, they closed the, uh, the base pretty much the same year they opened the parkway. Um, and uh, before that, you, the only way to get to Fort Niagara was going down Center Street in Lewiston and then going down River Road. So at one point, this was a real busy little thoroughfare. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the people that were going to the fort were definitely going right by our little spot here. Yeah, and then it all changed. And then it all one changed. One little, one little, one little parkway. Yeah, damn Bobby Moses. And and frankly, the uh, the parkway was also a, a, a you know was uh, was built with a lot of the uh, the fill that they pulled out of the dam that they dug the uh, the power plant at, at Niagara Falls as well. All right. So you know all that those roadbeds were all you know built with all the shot rock and uh, fill they pulled out of the. Uh, what is now the dam and reservoir up and uh, on top of the hill there? That's pretty cool. They're recycling. I like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's uh, you got to put it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Captain's Jug of Thoughts podcast. New York Beer Project is. New York's Destination Brewery, right? You can come by and experience 20-something craft beers all brewed right here in-house. We've got food, we've got patios, we got tiki bars and drinks, we've got events, all of it lined up just for you guys. Come on down any day of the week. There's something going on. Mondays is Half Price Growlers. Tuesdays, we've got some trivia. Wednesdays is a great day just to begin with. Thursdays, I don't remember what we have. And Fridays, there's always bands in the brewery. Come down. It's going to be an awesome time. I'll make sure of it. This is the Captain's Jug of Thoughts podcast. All right, where did we leave off? What year were we? Somewhere, somewhere in the sixties. Die, ah, you know, the sixties. Gotta love the sixties. You know, some people just never left them. No, nope, nope. few, few of them around here. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you, we were talking before about the uh, about that one period of time where we really don't know what happened at the jug. Yeah. Maybe the 60s is kind of like that, too. <laughs> there's, a few, there's a few years that are mysterious there. Yeah, there's a, there's a few that uh, time definitely left behind. Um, all right, so we were a military town, hustling and bustling. Fort bustling. Sh- shut down. Well, it didn't shut down, but stopped being active and started transitioning into more of a historical Mu- Museum, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. The two yeah, point well, that four of, feet that of That officially happened. I mean, there was a... There was a time in the 1870s where there was still soldiers that were, you know, that were uh, 
you know, stationed at the fort and they would have to stay in the old, in the old, uh, the old barracks in the, in the actual Anascad French castle. Okay. And by that point, like that is like getting the worst assignment in the entirety of the army. <laughs> right. You're staying in this old ass building. It's cold in the fucking winter. It's hot as fuck in the summer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like in the, uh, they eventually built some buildings outside of the, uh, walls of the old fort and, you know, you're modernizing the, the post and, uh, you know, got a little bit better. Didn't the, uh, Castrinos live in one of those buildings? Well, yeah, up until the, uh, you know, uh, the Castrinos lived in the, uh, the lighthouse, uh, the lighthouse keeper's house. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know that lighthouse. I, I can't remember yeah, when like, the lighthouse was built. I think the lighthouse was built in the 1840s as well. And someone lives there, right? Well, there's still people that live there. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 so it's this big historical. You know, no, well, it's a, you know, it's a national. It looks like any historical place in America. Big ass parking lot full of Dongbu tour buses and all this shit. But as you're walking up, there's like somebody's house. Yeah. That's yeah. got the big lighthouse on it. Like part of. Part of this historical thing, one of the buildings is modernized because it's got like a trampoline in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, this is, uh, doesn't seem accurate <laughs> to the time. Now, well, I remember I was on the, uh, I was on the, the same bus as the Castrinos and we would have to go in, we'd have to go in the, uh, have to go in the fort and drop them off. And, yeah. you know, there's still that big bump there going into the going into the fort. And that was like our, our thing. This is like we're about to go over the bump. We're yeah. all like getting all fucking worked up and like, all right. And then you go over the bump and everybody just like jumps over their seats and goes nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, so who owned the bar kept going as the bar kept going? I mean, from 1842 all the way up until we know it today. Uh, the bar changed hands a whole bunch of times until you got to 1934 when you had the Wojcicks that took over. And even then, you know, that was in the middle of Prohibition. So the bar wasn't really going at that time, and it changed hands a couple more times. The Berge family, who uh, we know today, the Sharps, oh, you know, okay. Dave Sharp and Justin, uh, you know, and uh, Andy Sharp and on Bobby Sharp, and that's their, their ancestors. They, their ancestors they, yeah. own this at they, one they point? Owned it, they owned it for yeah. a couple years in there, and then they sold it back to the Wojcicks, and then Prohibition broke. And uh, during that time is actually when the stone porch that we know today was put on. Yeah. You know, it's, before that, it was a wooden porch. And, you know, the front door that is, uh, leads out onto the porch now was one of the main entryways. And uh, but that was all big wraparound ports that went around. There's still um, there's still actually a giant wooden door in the basement that's now covered up by a bunch of shit. But that uh, you used to be able to go out the front to you know where the electrical boxes and stuff are yeah 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 and you know you get out onto the road from the basement there right um but you know that's all that all changed when they put the uh the big stone porch on there and that's a huge one of the things that that did is they uh they wanted to funnel everything on into what we know now as the bar that was the logics that did that uh they were polish immigrants that came over you know worked hard bought the place uh, and then ran it for 80 plus years. I mean, Ad Wojcik is uh, is a bit of an institution in this town because yeah, you know, he took over when his uh, when his uh, his grandfather retired in in the 70s, and you know, Ad was the one was the natural person to take it over. Yep. You know, you have Rennie who just passed away. God bless her. She was what 92 or. Uh, I think 94. 94. 94. You know, just a really wacky woman that, yeah. you know, everybody, every, every, everybody has a story about Rennie. Everybody. everybody has a story about Martin. Uh, 
you know, Remy, we're sitting, Remy and Martin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that was uh, that was their daughter was Remy, and their father was Martin, and Martin was a large, larger than life figure in here. And, you know, you know, you talk talk to the old timers that come in; they all have a story about playing either cards or shuffleboard with Martin. Absolutely, every single one of them. Every single one. Oh, I uh, do I get a in? discount because I used to hang out with Martin? <laughs> That's and, like, the name track. Like he died like when I was born. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he I think he died in '79. I think Ed officially took over in 76, uh, but he took over full scale in 79, did a lot of upgrades, did uh, some upgrades upstairs. Uh, he and his wife uh, ran the bed and breakfast as, uh, as, a, as a real place for a few years, uh, did great. And then the 90s took over and, you know, 92 was a big year. You know, that was 150 years for the place. And, uh, you know, that was that was a big year for them. And they, they did a ton of work. A lot of yeah. them we still know today painted the uh the ceiling red and red and uh green as you oh, as you know it today that's uh, nice you know enclosed that upper uh that upper room uh you know before it was kind of all open you know you have that continuous banister that goes down from the bottom uh that was brought that over was in that. 1842 that wow. that banister goes all the way to the top and that's uh you know mahogany wood that had to come from indonesia yeah, so that came it's over. Beautiful. That it's came, beautiful. It's beautiful. It's incredible. I mean, it's this incredible thing when you really think about what it took to get that here from right. Indonesia. That came, in, yeah, that came on a boat. What that thing has seen. Oh yeah, yeah. that banister has seen Lots more than we have. Lots of hands. Yeah, there's, uh, there's still upstairs in the uh, in, in the common area. Well, well, what we would refer to as the common area, where when people stay here, that they that's where they have their breakfast and stuff like that. Um, there's still a. a a cutout from the newspaper from 1992 yeah. with the Wojeks thanking everyone, you know, for all their help. And then there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of names on there that you still recognize t- today. You know, uh, a lot of families and stuff like that that uh, yeah. you know that uh, that are still around. That the people still come here and stuff like that. So yeah, well, so you're talking you're talking 1934 all the way up until 2015 when my father bought the building from Ed. And, uh, you know, my father did a lot of work with Ed and, uh, on the yeah. building. This was his home, pl- home base. He moved down here, incidentally, in 1979 as well. And uh, this kind of became his, uh, his spot. It, well, that's, thank God it did, because that was a big thing, was you got to have somebody who is from here. You got to have somebody no, who's know, got I mean, their heart was, in it. That was always the thing right. rolling up to it. I mean, there was always uncertainty whenever you come in here. I always kind of liken it to the, uh, the Buffalo Bills. You know, every time the Bills took the field, I mean, that could really be the last time you ever see the Bills. Because when Ralph Wilson dies, what what's going to happen to the team? I mean, they could go, they could stay, they you know, yeah. and 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 uh, they're they're they the Bills have been around a fraction of the amount of time that the uh, the Jug has been, and you know, it's uh, this huge part of our little community here. I mean, it's Absolutely. always been a thing, dude. And it is you, the you never you never knew what was going to happen to this place, and. It was always one of those things that the uncertainty would always kind of, you know, hover over it. I mean, the, yeah. the men's room sitting in uh, sitting in the bar room before, yeah. it was this, uh, you know, kind of oppressive stench that would waft out of there anytime anybody would we open the door the on a stench, hot summer yeah. day. Oh, yeah. as soon as it hit 80 around here. It was no. <laughs> it was, um, well, there were certain it, times it if, uh, you know, yeah. you're taking a piss at the urinal. There were certain times where it'd be raining on your head. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, what, what were they going to do? Because at that time, you know, the uncertainty was kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, surrounding them as well. They weren't really sure if they were going to keep the place, if they were just going to sell it to the highest bidder. 
the biggest fear was always, you know, some, you know, big shot from Toronto would come in yeah. and buy it and turn it into a, you know, frou-frou wine bar that, yeah, you know, right. you, you can't come in here and get your, uh, get your beer and play a game of shuffleboard at happy hour. That yeah. would have changed the whole dynamic of the town though. It would have been like when they close a factory down and the whole place goes nuts. Certainly. I mean, right. what do we do with our, what do we do with our happy hour guys? Yeah. What, what, where, what where, they do? Where are they going to yeah. go? Right. No that shuffleboard always, and, and, that, uh, and no that, cheap beer. Yeah, that uncertainty always surrounded the place. And, you know, my, my father stepped in and uh, and bought the place because he, he really and truly cared about it. He had to and, save it, yeah. You know, and the, you know, you, 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 you look back on the Wojcik time and it's, uh, you know, everybody kind of looks back on it as this... Uh, as this uh, almost fairy tale kind of time period where right. people are just like, oh yeah, when you know back in the day when Ed was here, oh, it was yeah. just this blah, 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 blah. it was like this wonderful place, and you know it was just this magical bar that everybody was just so cool. It's like, well, you know that's very true, but right. at the same time, I mean, you know we came in and made the improvements that needed to be made, and we expanded yeah. the uh, expanded the kitchen out and. Uh, you know, got some bathrooms that are you brought uh, it, you know, through close, time close with to you. the bar yeah. and uh, you know, habitable. That's you had to modernize it. it, you had to bring yeah. it through time with you. As everything grows, you got to help it grow with you. You don't just Absolutely. leave it. Yeah, and, and before, I mean, you know, the Wojcik's, uh, you know, they they brought it through uh, a lot, a whole hell of a lot. I mean, you know, that's uh, pre World War II, the base was still open. They brought it through. I mean, they rented the rooms, did the whole thing, and uh, it was a really, really wonderful time for the uh, for the jug. It, it, it you know, it, it serviced all the people that grew up here. You, you hear all the people that you know graduated from from high school. I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, "Oh, you know, when I had my 18th birthday, because you know the drinking age was yeah. was 18 at the time." I can't tell you how many people have come up and said, "Oh, either to Martin or to Ed, you know, yeah." You know, my 18th birthday is today. You know, 18. You've been coming here for years. For years. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. You know, and they got kicked out that night. They get thrown out on their 18th birthday. Get thrown out on their 18th birthday because they admitted that they were drinking here underage all those years. Right, right. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard that story, but it's always it's always kind of a trip to hear it. It's always a trip to hear it. These days, these days, it's like let's see your idea. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I've never seen it. Especially 21 is easier to pack. Yeah. You know, before you had all the farm. This is a farming town. You know. You have all the farmers coming in here at 16. You're yep. probably all big old yeah, corn-fed Western New Yorker Exactly. Boys. They're, they're <laughs> twice the size of your average 16-year-old. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he's got to be 18. <laughs> <laughs> and how much do they even care back then, anyway? I've had a lot of people, uh, speaking of the new bathrooms, I've had a lot of uh, a lot of girls come in lately, or ladies come in lately, uh, that um, they walk straight to the back because the uh, yeah. old, old ladies' room used to be in the back of the building. Yeah. And they walk straight to the back, and then they come back out to the bar, and they're like, excuse me, do you have a ladies' room? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Well, and, 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 you it's know, it's the, over the, here now. The, the it's thing, where it the, should be. The, the thing I find most unacceptable is when they get all wistful about it. Oh, but it was so great when the ladies... No, it wasn't. What are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. We had to go. We had to go back and pee under the goddamn stairs. We you know? talked about that. It's just it you like got to go little, through like two dark rooms two to get to rooms, a big dark room. One, one of which wasn't insulated in the winter time, and you had right. to walk and yeah. sit, stand out there and hope that there wasn't somebody, you know, doing something <laughs> bad in the bathroom back there. Right. 
We go in there and it's sweltering hot because you never know what's going to happen. Pumping into the bathroom down yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really shocking. It'd be like 50 in that back room, and then it'd be 88 in the, in the <laughs> yeah. ladies' room, and you'd be like, oh. Hey, you know, it, uh, like it, a body's it, not supposed to do that. <laughs> right. You know, through that dramatic of a change. Yeah. And it was it was one of those things. But when people get all wistful about the bathrooms in the old place, I just tell them, "Fuck, man! I know you're I know you're visiting, but like." You know, it's better now. Yeah, it's definitely it's better. Better now. The bathroom situation is better now. Oh I think my God. people, everybody gets wistful <laughs> about the past. We're all just oh, naturally yeah. like that. You think back and you're like, oh, it was so great. Like you all, Everybody no, thinks those, back to high school. Those were, those were the days. Yeah, they start listening to Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen and thinking about how great it was. Yeah. But when you're in high school, you're like, this sucks. I can't wait till it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you right. always look back. There's something about that. So, yeah. I don't know. It, you know, wistful. Yeah, you want to remember the times. There's good times, but we're still having good times. And now the bathrooms are in the right place. Exactly. And, now, and now the bathrooms are yeah, a pleasant place. Because you can't, you can't smell your memories. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, memory is ah, the strongest sense <laughs> time to memory. And I'll never forget the smell of this place on an August afternoon yeah. when some uh, guy just laid off a fucking stinky one and got the in. The worst rem- Yankee candle. I yeah. remember getting off work sometimes and knowing that I was coming here and just praying that there was less than 10 people here so I could get a stool at the opposite end of the bar from yeah. the bathroom. <laughs> well, because if you, if you got a stool on the wrong side of the bar, you'd smell it. You noticed. Until you were good and drunk. And I'm not talking yeah. I'm not talking about a bar stool either. No. <laughs> Did you have that one dude who was like pig pen from the peanuts who just didn't mind and he always just yeah. sat in that chair? Oh yeah. There was, there was always that guy. Yeah. I mean for most of us, if you uh, if you had a number two on your schedule, that was the end of the night. That was I'm the gonna, end I'm of gonna the go night. home. Oh you yeah. dropped the well, grenade. Come on, and man, leave. we just got here. This is so fun. He's like, uh, you know eh. But I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go and I'm not going in there. Because I have respect for the rest of the people that are trying to have a good time. With the exception of good old Robert. Well, you know, Robert had no shame. <laughs> Robert definitely had no shame. And that, you know what? That guy shit in and that bathroom probably more than anyone did in the previous 40 years. Much much, <laughs> much to the dismay of that, too, because usually the toilet wouldn't flush, and it would just be like... Oh. Yeah, it would be just horrible. a bowl of Robert in there. Yeah, a big no. bowl of Robert. And then, you know, like, frankly, when he would sit down next to you, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, it would, it would be, you know, very present. There, anyway. <laughs> I used to, because uh, we've got the giant fan at the end uh, of the bar that, that uh, you know, kind of keeps some airflow going uh, for, for everyone on nice hot days. And uh, he, w- he would sit in front of the fan every once in a while, and I would, I would and, make him move. Yeah. yeah. And, well, the this, this stink would blow right down the bar. I would yeah. be like, oh, God. You're like, filtering. Before I even nice saw hair. him, I knew he was there. Yeah, there, there, was, a, there was a couple times where the, where the wood of the stool would uh, capture his essence. Oh, no. Yeah. And we'd you know, spray it down with bleach because that's the only thing that could yeah. uh, possibly combat it. Maybe yep. that's why they kept burning everything back in the day. Yeah. Well, just there there would, was some stink going on back then, that's for sure. Some oh, guy absolutely. would drop You go, you go to those reenactors, <laughs> and they're all wearing fucking wool in the middle, yeah. of, uh, the middle of winter. Well, it was, in, it was in style. You had to look yeah. good. Sweaty wool knickers, and some guy drops heat, and they're like, this building's ruined. Just burn it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I was kind of wondering, like, uh, this past weekend, um, you know, or this past week with it being uh, the 4th of July, and all they had all the reenactors in down at the fort, uh, which you and I saw when we came in from our little fishing excursion. Yeah, and uh, I was kind of wondering how many how many people passed out because it was it was rather hot. 
It was rather hot. Well, we 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 saw a bunch of them taking their little uh, little you know sink showers in there before the day started. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they Slap, go, slapping the water up in the armpits and uh, they go you know, that's, that's not gonna help, bud. No, no, no. All that's doing is yeah. making you a little bit cooler and damp. It's yeah. not taking away the smell. It's, it's just you it's stink. just stoking the fire again. <laughs> well, what, that's water, gonna, that's are, gonna steam some stink out again. Are they getting water from a well? Like, are they going straight authentic? No, they're, they're, you know, nothing's authentic. No, it's a really pulling spring it. bottle. They're pouring over their head. That doesn't count. Yeah, you man. need real nasty water. Yeah, they're, they're they're heating up a can of beefaroni over the fire. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> really gosh. get the fucking stink going. You need water that's some Indian poisoned <laughs> if you want to be authentic. Yeah. <laughs> Slap that on. Um, so yeah, now you guys have it and we're bringing it into a new era. That's what I said on the first show. Like this is the forest. Yeah, well, we, we accepted the first credit card in here in 2015. Yeah. The fact that when you guys yeah, got well, Wi-Fi. Incidentally, the first day we opened up, there was, uh, there was a, a Thursday night bills game on. It was the night we actually opened up and, uh, we took our first credit card on a night where the Bills were playing a Thursday night game. So that should really kind of date it all pretty well. That should be in the book of all these historical moments. <laughs> That's definitely one of them. Yeah. That's definitely the one guy taking a shit. And then that are the two. These are two. This is modern day history. It's history in the yeah. making. Well, you know, now we're, now we're living the history. We are, yeah, we're yeah. up to the point now. And, you know, I guess we better be on our best behavior because the, uh, the uh, history books are watching. Yeah, they yeah. sure are. Uh, yeah, then when you guys got Wi-Fi, I remember that was another big, it was like, oh, yeah. what? In- internet really? jukebox. I mean, before yeah. before the internet jukebox, there was a, a CD uh, a CD jukebox that had Which 100 CDs. Which I did CDs. love. That was cool. Except oh, there yeah. was a few. Oh, and the, and the people get all wistful about that one as well. It's just like, oh, that jukebox was just the best. Dude, it was a fucking 100 CDs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's all you get. That's it. It's cool. It's 100 itself. CDs, and that's probably 37 songs that you actually want to listen to. For you guys right. that were here all the time, if you worked here, I'm sure that would get annoying. Oh, but my yeah. God. Oh. It was annoying that there was Iggy and the Stooges, but it wasn't in there, and I, every time I would just forget. I would put money in and yeah. try to go put the, on the, some the, Iggy the, and the, the Beatles. Stooges. The Beatles <laughs> one wouldn't work. Yeah. So, you know, all these guys yep. are trying to play Beatles songs, and well, you, 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 you can't. Uh, no, that one doesn't spin. Sorry, guys. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, so for, the Forest Gump soundtrack. Well, that's actually I was gonna say this building's the Forest Gump of this town because it was it's been there for all of the historical things. Every town. Well, needs it, a, it is special. It needs a watering hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every town needs a watering hole. Forest Gump, more of a watering head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you know it's been through all of these changes and all these historical things. It's been here. Yeah. It's an important part of this town. It's it a sure pillar is. of this community. It sure it is. is. It's right on our. Uh, it's right on our our one intersection with the blinking red light. It's our only traffic signal in town. Yeah. Yeah. It just keeps on blinking on, and you Do know you the like jug that, keeps though? on standing. Do you like that? Like when you you know we talk about it was a bustling military town. If something else happened, I mean, if they had opened a factory are, or something, it would have grown. Are, you, are you, you asking would it be better if it was still a bustling town? Yeah, or do you well, like sure. it that it's a quiet well, little course. town? Well, well, you know, I mean... I think we'd it, all have a lot more money. Yeah, it would, yeah. Be, it would be a lot better from a business standpoint. I mean, Absolutely. we are who we are here. We know, I mean, like the uh, kind of the, 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 running, the running line here is that we're kind of the end of the earth. Yeah, you look across the river and it's uh, the start of the, the GTA, which is, you know, about 9 million people. 
Mm-hmm. And how do you get those people to come here? Well, the short answer is you, they don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we got who we got and we are who we are. And this place is uh, kind of the, you know, the bar on the end of the earth. And, you know, you don't you don't end up in Youngstown. You definitely meant to come here if you ended up here. Well, unless you're Nile. Unless you're Nile, yeah. <laughs> An but Irishman. There's... But he lives across the street. So he, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. he got stuck with us just as much as we got stuck with him. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. By circumstance or yeah. friends. Um, but there's probably, Irishman. there's people who, who don't want it to get hustling and bustling again yeah, they well, like you know that they want to be here to escape that yeah, shit, that, that, that was that was one of ed's uh critiques of the uh the powers that be in youngstown is that they want to turn this place in the world's biggest cul-de-sac yeah you know yeah, i mean yeah. they want to keep it nice and sleepy and quiet and anytime there was any fun going on in the place they wanted to stamp it out as quickly as possible because you know it's really really ruining our quiet time well how yeah. da- how dare like you how that. dare you I try to have, have some fun, fun. i want to have fun you know? but i don't want to open a fuddruckers i want to have authentic fun if you ever read the uh sentinel uh back in the day the week after the regatta Oh yeah! Oh my God! Yeah. It was just like you couldn't stop laughing. Like <laughs> there would be like, uh, you know, 80, well the, the police blotter special, right? Eighty-four-year-old woman reports finding condom in front yard. <laughs> Why would you <laughs> like, report that? Investigation like, ongoing. Is, it's yeah. like what? That that's information. That's that's yeah. you know. I think people had sex in my front yard. All these drunk people were in town. <laughs> well, at least they used protection. Two anonymous, right. uh, two anonymous Canadians suspected of populating <laughs> in the front yard of the mayor's house. Of the mayor's house. <laughs> That's pretty great. That's fun. Sam- yeah. Samples collected and are off in the crime lab to analyze. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to make a sleepy little cul-de-sac, we're going to bang on your lawn. <laughs> no. Yeah. But yep. you know the uh, the regatta was one of those things that was they caught lightning in a bottle. I mean, yeah. the, uh, the the organizers of that, you know, Don Finkel going back to 1974 with the Lover Regatta. Uh, come the 90s, when they would have about 500 boats come from all corners. That was of the, the big lake. event of it the was year. The, it was the event of the of the century. It was so much fun. I mean, it was listed on the uh, Rolling Stone. Uh, you know, best five annual parties of the year. Yeah, wow. this it was place really incredible. Was just yeah. insane. I mean, then the the after party for the regatta would happen right here, and they would oh, go yeah. until three o'clock in the morning, and you know everybody would retreat back to their tents, and people were camping and you know staying on their boats. I mean, when you think about five hundred people with. You know, you want to average, what, five people per boat. Yeah. You know, you do the math. And then all the people that just come for the party. I mean, right. this was insane. It was rocking. Insane. Yeah. The yeah. whole wow. town this, itself this, was uh, just this, a festival. This it, year, it really was. This year they have, I think, uh, I was talking to one of the organizers of what is now called the Can-Am Regatta. Right. Uh, they had somewhere around 80 boats registered. Uh, last year they ended up with 99 boats. Uh, and the party was pretty tame, and they all basically stayed down there because the party down there is coming into its own. It's really great. Uh, it's more of a sailing-oriented uh, event now yep. because before, the party just took over, yeah. and the sailing kind of took a back seat. It was all volunteers. It was really, really kind of unwieldy, and they, they really kind of wanted to bring it back and uh, yeah. you know reorganize and make it more of a sailing-oriented event, and they've done a great job doing it. The, 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 the racing there has been top-notch. Uh, but you know, it, it's going to take another little bit to uh, kind of stoke the, the the fire of the party again. And uh, you know, I think I think this place is going to be a really big part of it. Is that worth it from a business standpoint to have you know one event that is just insanity 
and just kind of stockpile all the cash well, from that, and then certainly survive for the for the sleepy rest of the year. Yeah, wow. it certainly didn't hurt before, and it was no. a real lively event. It was incredible. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely a thing that you could kind of hang your hat on every single year. But now it's uh, really turned more into a sailing event. It's kind of uh, the, the parties kind of calmed down a little bit to the point where, you know, they mostly stay down there. They party down there until uh, 11 o'clock where they have the band down there. And then they, they'll make their way up. But, you know, uh, you're talking about a very small fraction that people are going to make their way up. Exactly. You know, the droves don't descend on the town yeah. like they did back in the day. Right. I mean, Ed used to tell me that uh, like through the 80s especially, he said uh, that the party was so big that just off forgot a weekend he could almost make it the entire year yeah you know? <laughs> which yeah. is i mean that's a fucking <laughs> it's, party it's not obnoxious really but just stomach it because <laughs> it'll you yeah. know well right. you know what that is not something that you uh that you complain about because no yeah. you make your enough for the year you work here you, it doesn't matter if they uh if they end up just you know lining up and kicking in the balls right you know <laughs> every single one of them ah, you know i'll take it because that's my it. year right there <laughs> that's my year yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead really. and you uh, guys have sex whatever you want you know right and and you know, you, you really do got to give it to Ed because he made sure the party was memorable for every one of those people. And when they when they come into town, they they just glow about the uh, about the regatta years down here at the Stone Jug, because you know the party was great down below. But after they would uh, pull the plug down below, and they would do so around nine o'clock down there before, right? And this then they'd the all oh, yeah. make their way up here and just party their faces off and they and would just you, rage and yeah. rage you know you want to you want to hear stories about the about the level regatta you just talk to ed wojek and he has yeah, got him we gotta get him on definitely yeah we'll He's, definitely have him on at some point point. and uh in uh, 1996 i was out in colorado and uh, i'm in line at a 7-eleven right and uh you know i'm just i'm going up to the counter and there's five or six people in line and I, I look up, and the guy in front of me is wearing a Youngstown level regatta shirt. Wow. Yeah, right. And I'm like, so I tap him on the shoulder. I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, have you been there? And he's like, what? I'm like, there. Have you been there to the Youngstown level regatta? And he's like, you know the Youngstown level regatta? I go, I'm from Youngstown. Yeah. yeah. He's like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, I swear to God. I'm like, I'm, I'm from Youngstown. Like, I yeah. grew up there my whole life. And he's like... Holy shit, what a small world. He's like, yeah, he's like, uh, I've been going there every year for the last 10 years. He's like, it's like the best, he's like, it's the best sailing party like that there is anywhere. He's like, we always go every year. We don't miss it. That's great. Yeah. yeah it was, it was, well, I mean, so that's kind, what a great kind, party kind of a, People from Colorado a, are fucking coming here. Just yeah. for that. Kind of a funny, <laughs> similar story. I was, uh, you know, I worked on a, on a ski resort in uh, Park City, Utah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, especially when you're an employee of the mountain, you sit on the sit on the chairlift and you're usually riding a single and you jump on a you jump on a chairlift with somebody. And I sit down and, you know, you know, you're always polite. Hey, how, how, how you guys doing? Where are you guys from? And the guy's like, oh, I'm from Sodus, New York. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm from uh, I'm from Youngstown, New York. He's like, oh, you ever uh, you ever go to the Stone Jug? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's the home base. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he talks about the regatta, talks about all the other stuff. And it's just like, it's one of those things that it's, uh, it's, it's amazing to think about this little tiny town of, a, you know, 18, 1900 people up here at the end of the earth, like we said. Well, and, it's got uh, a place that has character that sticks with people. Yeah, it's and memorable. it sure does. They have you a- know, and especially your, uh, your stone's throw from, uh, from Niagara Falls. You know, you're, you were uh, you were the headquarters of one of the one of the great sailing regattas on uh, on the Great Lakes, and uh, you know people know and people take notice and you know people remember it and they uh, they hold on to it and 
you know, when they get to talk about it, they just light up. And mm-hmm. it was crazy that they met somebody from Youngstown, New York, because right. they had a real good time. They had a yeah. real good time. Most of them don't actually remember it, so they yeah. kind of just make it up in their own head, but uh, they know that it was fun. They have a, well, they it's, have a, a it's a point on the map, and that was one that they won't forget. <laughs> they might not remember what happened there, but they won't forget that. Put the pin in. That's right, exactly. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. All right, well, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out and giving us a lesson. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Pete. You know? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, guys. It was a blast. You're and our resident yeah, historian. Yeah, we'll do it again. Every resident, time, resident historian. Every time we yeah. need to know something, we're going to get you on. Yeah, we're going to yeah. have you back on the show every time we have a history question. Oh, yeah, well, you know where to find it. Yeah, I sure do, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next time you got to explain to me who this Abe Lincoln bastard was. I still don't get it. <laughs> um, well, so start taking notes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll look him up. I, what does he have to do with the log? He's probably he's probably got a Wikipedia page. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll, I'll read it and I'll just regurgitate all that shit. Right fancy back pants, on that's over my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Right. Uh, yeah, so everybody, come down to the jug. All right, it's a historical place. There's a culture here that's it's original and it sticks with people all the way to Utah and Colorado, all the way on top <laughs> of the snowy mountains. That's right. Uh, Keep listening. Captain's Jug of Thoughts. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to the Captain's Jug of Thoughts podcast. A production of Thermopolis Media.